Hey guys, it's Dr. Chloe, and I just wanted to come on and give you a quick thank you. Your support over season one of the podcast has been incredible, and I'm so, so very grateful for each and every one of you. It really means the world to me. We are currently taking a short break while we regroup and reorganize for season two, and I can't wait to get new episodes out to you soon. I also want to let you all know that I am creating a new community in school, S-K-O-O-L. So check the link in the show notes. You can sign on and join the group for free for the next month. And in there, I'm going to be uploading a couple of different courses that I've put together in order to help you optimize your health and the health of your family so that you can really feel empowered in making the decisions that you need to when it comes to your healthcare journey, whether it's the food that you're eating at home or the work that you're doing with a practitioner. So check it out. I'm really excited to be able to connect more directly with you all there. And I'm excited that it's going to be free for the time being. And you'll be grandfathered into that if you sign up now. So check it out. And I will see you there. I hope everybody's doing wonderfully. And I'll talk to you soon. Hey, guys, it's Dr. Chloe. And you're listening to the Radical Remedy Podcast. Today, we are diving into the fascinating world of BrainTap, a groundbreaking tool that has redefined mental wellness and cognitive performance. At the helm of this innovation is Dr. Patrick Porter, a visionary in the realm of brain health and the mastermind behind the BrainTap. So with decades of experience in mind technology and a passion for helping people unlock their full potential, Dr. Porter has revolutionized how we approach mental fitness. BrainTap, with its unique blend of binaural beats, guided visualization, and cutting-edge technology offers a gateway to a more focused, relaxed, and resilient mind. Join us as we unravel the science behind the brain tap and discover how Dr. Porter's creation is not just a tool, but a movement towards a healthier, more vibrant mind. I love the brain tap, truly use it every day, and could not recommend it more highly, whether you get the headset or just the meditation app. I highly recommend that you check it out. This is the third episode in our three-part series about brain health, and I think you guys are going to really find it fascinating. I hope you all are doing well. I'm sending you all so much love. I'm so grateful for every moment that you spend with me. Please like, share, and comment so that I can know what's resonating with you and how I can support you best on this journey. Have a wonderful day. (laughs) All right, everybody. I'm here today with a very good friend and somebody that I am in complete awe of. Um, a true revolutionary brain healer, Dr. Patrick Porter. Thank you so much for joining me today. Well, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. So you are the founder and the creator of this wonderful device, the Brain Tap, and you and I are both of the belief that the brains are slightly essential to human functioning and, and life on this planet. Um, I, I've got the pleasure of meeting you a couple of years ago at the Modern Nirvana Conference, and we got to nerd out quite a bit. I had started studying brains a lot when my son Remy was diagnosed with his rare disorder, but then I had taken him to a neurologist down in Ecuador where we would do sort of neurofeedback and oxygen therapy and ozone therapy. They would do alpha brainwave stimulation. So once I started learning about your device, I was really just blown away because you layer so many different um, techniques into this one device. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your story and how you got here today and how the brain tap even came to be. Okay. I wasn't the total motivation, but I was one of those children that uh, didn't do well in school. Um, In fact, I was held back in second grade. So, uh, but really started because my dad got help with his alcoholism and he got help through something called the Silva method. 
And it helped him so much that he became a silver instructor, one of the first in the country. So I grew up after about 12 years old, every other weekend going and setting up chairs and pretty much doing what I'm doing now, <laughs> you know, going to trade shows, having people, uh, you know, try out. At that time, it was the Silva method in doing GSR. We used a sound called uh, isochronic tone that balanced the brain. We could play it in the classroom while we were doing the, the sessions. So in doing that, I just a series of events, you know, God puts you in the right places. And I met a group called Light and Sound Research. And I was part of a team that took a big piece of equipment. It was about $10,000. This was back in the 80s. So you can imagine what it would cost today's money. But it was nobody could afford it, really. I mean, clinics weren't buying it. It just wasn't going anywhere. But I loved it. And a situation happened that they were stranded in my hometown of Scottsdale, Arizona. And I invited them over. And I said, you know, I have a degree in electronics. I can help rebuild this. So we, we actually, just in playing around with this big unit, we built a couple prototypes. And I said, you know, this, this little machine, this, this could be good. How much can we build it for? And we built it with parts from a company called Radio Shack, which some people might remember <laughs> that are out there. And <clears throat> so we built up a few of those. Uh, I think it was 10 at first. I went and sold them all in less than a week. And the, and the guys at the group with Light and Sound, they go, people bought those? And how much did they buy them for? And I said, $450. And I said, it's going to pay the rent. You know, we didn't have any money. So, <laughs> you know, I, I had clients. I had to stop smoking clinics. So I was sending them home with it to do therapy at home because, I, you know, at that time, they were coming into the clinic. And so one thing led to the other. And then I sold that company uh, actually in 2002. It was called Positive Changes. And then... In 2012, that company went out, and so I sold it on terms. And then in 2013, I thought, well, I'm not really done. Let me recreate this. And let me recreate this. And people that knew my old technology, it was really clunky looking. I mean, now we need to re-up this one, actually, because we've been making it since 2013. Uh, but it's at least everything's in one place. So we took a, we took a headset. We built in the technology of light, sound, and vibration into one headset. There's actually five technologies in there when you, when you include the spoken word and you include music. So all those technologies are validated on their own. They all work, you know, just like neurofeedback oh, yeah. works. But what can you do that's cost effective? My goal has always been, how can we help the masses? Um, people have always asked me, why don't you charge $10,000 for this? Or now with all the research we have, we probably could <clears throat> charge. But the reality is that I want a better billion brains. And the only way I'm going to do that is make it cost effective. So people can use it just with the app if they want. I mean, if they can't afford the headset, they can do the app. And uh, you can share your link with them and they can have a 14-day trial. And with that, they also get a copy of my book, Thrive and Overdrive. <clears throat> and then, or they can do the headset with it. You know, we, we have studies with both because our brain can learn with both of those modalities. We know sound is very powerful. They've been using it since the dawn of history, you know, with shaman drums and things like that. So we, what we did over the years, uh, my, my kind of background is I love ancient traditions. I love going to India. I'm going to Brazil next month. You know, I, I love going and learning about what they used to do to get these altered states and to get the brain to function. And then how do we make modern technology out of it? So, uh, We've got a lot of neat things coming in the group in Brazil that I'm going to meet, actually, those that are wondering, uh, they actually did three studies for us where we beat out opioids in three different studies just using the app. So I want to go down there. We're going to set up a study with the headset because I think we could really blow it away with the headset because the headset 
it has anywhere between 30 to 50% better efficacy depending upon the person. Oh, wow. That's incredible. Yeah, I, I have experience with using it for pain management. I used it for a dental procedure, not a, uh, not a, any sort of drilling, but a pretty extensive one. And I just put on the brain tap and I, <laughs> my dental, my dentist thought I was uh, a little bit out there. But yeah. I just, I, I did it. I didn't have any sort of anesthesia whatsoever. I loved it. And the first time I met you at the, at the Modern Nirvana Conference, actually, I was on a panel and I had a migraine and I could like barely see anything. I'd been uh, doing neurofeedback at the wrong frequency, I think. So I'd been <laughs> yeah. getting migraines and, um, and I tried the happy and obviously I own a CBD company. So I took a whole bunch of CBD and nothing was touching it. You guys just had me lay down and it was, I think it was like an eight minute or 10 minute session. I don't even remember which one it was. And immediately my headache was gone. And I was just like, what was that? <laughs> like, that was incredible. So I'm not surprised that it is beating out opioids. That's something that's actually really interesting. I would love for you to explain a little bit how the brain um, creates these chemicals and how you're able to do that with the headset. I guess it's, it's I mean, it's yeah. a very long explanation, I'm sure. But just sort of how does the brain regulate hormones? How does it sort of work with some of these tones and lights in order to actually activate some of these neurochemicals? Right. Well, most of our functions are unconscious to us. We don't consciously do anything. So we have to have... A, really a master control center. So think of your brain like the master control center and it's instructing the gut what to do. Like all those neurotransmitters, pretty much all of them are made in the gut. You know, the, the gut is really, you know, if you want to call it the second brain, it's for sure the second brain, could be the first brain because, you know, we have these primitive reflexes and how it works, you know, and then we have the, the heart brain, which has, we have 40,000 specialized cells in our heart that they now know are brain cells that are, or they call neutrino cells, but they have memories. They have their own thinking process. It's independent of our brain between our ears. So all of these, when they're together, is called coherence. You know, you have this communication that happens. That's what we're measuring when you have things like Aura or Biostrap or Whoop or all these different devices that we have. And so when the body's regulating perfectly, let's say, or at least within the range of acceptability, then the brain is always sending to the gut what it needs in this next 40 seconds. Uh, every cell of your body is changing every 40 seconds. Every DNA pair is changing every 40 seconds. You're never the same person, even though you, we try to be, or we, you know, people with addictions especially try to be, but there can't be because the body is always changing based on your environment, based on what you consume. That's why when we, you gave me your little droppers that we take before we do brain tap and you go even deeper because if you can present the right materials think of the brain as the assembler of uh like what happens on uh star trek when uh people go in and they they say hey give me your bray hot and it makes them a cup of tea well our brain basically whatever we think and bring into being at our at our unconscious level it brings it into physical reality so during this transition, what happens is the brain sends a signal to the gut, the gut produces the neurotransmitter. Now, when we think about, uh, and then that modulates the hormones. So let's say that you're going to go, you're going to relax, or you're going to go out and have some fun with some friends, and it's going to be a creative outing, you're probably going to drop into alpha. That's why when you're around your friends, time seems to fly. So when we're sitting here talking and we're in a beta state, this is our reactionary mind. And this is where dopamine is really king. And most people don't realize that dopamine is triggered by the expectation of doing something. 
not the doing of something. That's why people get addicted. When they do it, you seem like they'd be satisfied, but they're not. It's the thinking about it. So what, what we have to do, that's why it's so hard for people to meditate, really, because they have an expectation. That's why Buddha says, cease expecting and you have all things. Because when you're expecting, it, it basically is an adjective. So it's going to keep you out of the meditative state. And that's where the monkey mind takes over. So if we want to create a seat of choline, which is the feel good, then in, you know, basically it's a calmer. And that's why, you know, for, for children, it's so good. The alpha training and things like that, like in Silva, is it's going to produce more acetylcholine. And that acetylcholine is going to have you relax. You're going to fall in love. And so we can do that with brain tap doing that. You can also do it in nature. You can go for a forest walk. You can go sit by the ocean. These are all things because the earth itself has frequencies, right? The earth is, if we, you and I were on a spaceship going toward earth, it would have a 0.05 to 100 evo potential. Our brain actually has a 0.05 to 100 evoke potential, which means it's always matching its environment. So if you're, there are people, I'm sure you know, like I do, that they won't go to the mall during the holidays. It's just too crazy. They're, they're not going to step foot in there. And mainly because they're sensitive and their nervous system gets to gets hijacked and they start having more emotional outbursts and things like that because their nervous system isn't regulated. When we get into theta, that's that place right before sleep where we have, they call it a hypnagogic state where you have these lucid dreams in that. That's because when you get into theta, your brain is telling your gut to produce GABA. GABA is a precursor to um, uh, DMT. So what happens is your body goes, oh, there's GABA here, there's DMT. And that's why you sleep through the night. And in those people that have a lot of theta, they have more dreams, you know, and they have the lucid dreaming and things like that. Now, when you get to delta, this is where you get the happy hormone, the serotonin. That, uh, but most people have too much serotonin. That's why the SSRIs aren't working. I mean, literally, the placebo effect is forty percent, and they have never beat forty percent. So the pill is working because the people believe it's working, not because it's doing anything physiologically to the body. Uh, in fact, your body would not want that poison because um, about ninety percent of all pharmaceuticals or drugs have poisons in them. You know, they're, they're basically, and that's what, because you got to make an adjutant to, for the body to react to. So they're giving you an adjutant. So then the body reacts to it. Some people, the, the taking of it is far worse than the benefit oh, <laughs> that it's deriving. I've seen, clinically, I've seen SSRIs be absolutely disastrous for, for many people, including, you know, close family members who have had like severe suicidal ideation uh, and, and really horrific catastrophic effects from it and then it's it's also fascinating to me as an herbalist and as a practitioner you know i'll, I'll say here's some herbs here's some acupuncture let's work on some diet and lifestyle and they're like and i'll have patients who will be like no well i'm starting this anti-anxiety med i'll be like okay i understand that's only really research for short-term use so let's work on that but while we're doing that let's work on some some lifestyle you know shifts as also and then, you know, even without getting res results that they're looking for, often the doctors will put them on another pharmaceutical, just keep layering it on. And, you know, I just I just watch the cycle go and go. So I, I've seen that also. Yeah. Yeah. What's amazing is most people don't know that the pharmaceutical companies looked at the herbalist, what's working, and then they can't patent uh, the herbs. So they're, they're just baking, basically taking what they think is working. But we need the holistic approach. We need. There's a reason that herb is found in that format, and why plant-based medicine works is because of the whole 
it's not just the one thing out of it. You know, they they pull out the one thing and we call that fairy dusting. You know, what? they think, oh, we're going to do this and, you know, it it works. And there'll be people that will argue with you, just like AA, which my dad was a member of AA till he got help in, uh, with Silva. And there has never been a study done with AA that's better than 2%. So they're wow. talking themselves out of the change. But that 2%, it's great. Keep going. But don't try to convince everybody else. When something doesn't work, you got to find a different way. And the reality is that, uh, just so people understand what I mean by that is, if you stand up every day in a meeting and say, I'm an alcoholic, your brain does not have a choice to heal you. It's going to keep the pattern of addiction because that's what you're saying to yourself. And your body, 100% of the time, is going to make you right. It's not going to, it's good. It's not going to prove you wrong. So what we are is, you know, you could be, you could be in the past an, an addict, but the reality is in psychology, they say you can never be a behavior. So people keep naming themselves and, and then like weight loss or saying that they're overweight, your body's overweight, but you are not, you know, it's really important. It's a very important distinction because as soon as you realize that you're not your body, now, obviously, you're in your body and you see through your eyes and you hear through your ears. But, you know, there's a there's a reason they say, you know, the mind is willing, but the flesh is weak, you know, because the the body is designed to, you know, the body is seeking pleasure and avoiding pain all the time. That's all it does. And it's it's designed to keep us alive. And it's done a great job because anyone listening to us right now, you're the genetic recipient of everyone before us that didn't get eaten by that saber tooth tiger before they passed on their seed, right? So we're we're here by, not by accident, not by happenstance. This was by divine appointment. And it's not just luck because there's no way, I mean, there's been so many mathematical equations done that we shouldn't even be here. You know, we're, we're like a improbability in creation. So now that we're here and we're talking about like brainwaves and that, that's really getting minute. And a lot of people can't even figure out how to buy groceries. You know, like you're talking about, they won't change their diet. You know, they, mm -hmm. they everything, they don't think food should come in outside of a canned bottle or a wrapper, you know, with ingredients we can't read. You're, there's a good chance if you can't read them, you probably can't digest and metabolize them. And that's the, when I talk about brain health, that's the number one thing. You cannot outthink a bad diet. I don't care who you are. I mean, I met so many people over the years ago. I just use my mind and I can smoke. I go, well, that might work while you're younger, but eventually the smoke's going to win because it doesn't have a bad day, you know, or they eat sugar all day long and they go, this is, I, I can eat this because it's not, just because it's not showing up as a symptom now doesn't mean you're not paying the piper later. Oh yeah. It's, it's absolutely terrifying. Um, the diets that we're going through in the the pharmaceutical industry. I mean, I was just talking with a organic farmer yesterday and we were going through you know, a lot of the toxins that are going on and how, you know, not only are you choosing to eat these toxins, but by choosing to purchase things that are, are wrong with these toxins, we're poisoning the environment, which is then poisoning ourselves. And, you know, and, and one of my big passions is obviously the epidemic of neurodevelopmental disorders in our children, which are just absolutely <laughs> skyrocketing and, you know, cataclysmic in so many ways. So it's like, you know, we've got to look at the different ways that we can support brain health. You know, with Remy, I see it so very clearly. He has one one uh, protein that functions in how his brain communicates. And 
as a result of that one protein being off, every single aspect of his life is impeded. You know, he is, he is multiply disabled in literally every way. And happiest human the world has ever seen. He is on exactly the journey he's supposed to be on, as am I. But, you know, it, it, it is fascinating to watch how much the brain interacts with every aspect of the body. And as you're saying, in terms of hormones, in terms of gut function, I mean, Remy will never have a seizure without having diarrhea. He'll never have a gut issue without having a seizure. It's it's night and day with him. So it's it's been really fascinating to watch. And I really hope that people start taking their brain health much more seriously instead of just trying to put a Band-Aid on it with these SSRIs. I just read a study that 68% of millennials are on pharmaceuticals, and most of those are antidepressants. And while I think that perhaps there's a role for it, especially in severe situations, you know, for a short-term, you know, support. Um, it's it's really essential that people start building, you know, eating good food, but also building these habits. And that's one of the things that I think is so, so remarkable about your technology, as you were saying, is you can just use it in the headset or you can use it just with the app. And either way, it's really, really profoundly shifting um, your ability to, to downregulate, to calm your nervous system, let alone all of the other different layers that you have in there. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit about, um, let's talk about the subconscious a little bit because I love using your device at night as I'm falling asleep because my thought is I'm getting into that theta, which is allowing that to really get deeper into my subconscious. So I love listening to you and when having your, your positive affirmations go into my brain as I'm falling asleep. So what? tell us a little bit about the subconscious and how that works. Yeah, and you picked up exactly why we recommend that. I mean, when I used to fall asleep in front of the TV, you know, as a child, I might be watching a military movie, then I find myself in the military movie. And I started thinking, what if I started listening to something positive? Actually, from my 13th birthday, I asked my dad for a cassette player, for those that remember those that technology. And it was a cassette player that would actually... You could set it so it would play something when you went to bed and it would play something when you wake up. And I put my affirmations on it. That's how I grew up. I mean, for my whole school year. And because I wanted to change the program. You know, yeah. right when you go to sleep, especially the first moments when you go to sleep, that's when your hippocampus is doing all of the house cleaning. It's taking everything you've done during the day, sorting, organizing it, polarizing it, saying, hey, we're going to need this. We're not going to need that. And it's all happening through a lot of activity in the hippocampus, going from the frontal lobe back to all the storage places. And most people think of memory is like one place. So you actually light up six to eight places in your brain to have a memory. So if you go to sleep and you whatever, if you're listening to something positive, now your brain is given this instruction to take this positive information and it will play it through. It's almost like a feedback loop. It will start to incorporate those into your dreams and your brain never sleeps. So when I when I talk about your brain, I'm really talking about your subconscious. Think of your body as the hard drive to your computer. Your mind is the software that we can't see. Just like we can't see the software in our computers. We know it's in there. We know it's running the program. And we know if we hit the F key on our keyboard, the F key will show up there. But there's a lot that goes on between the F key button push and the F key on the screen. And the same thing's true with our brain. So what happens is that while we're sleeping, we're working through all the different scenarios in our life. And if there's a problem in our life, our brain is literally trying to solve that for us during sleep. And as we tune in, 
It will give us feedback when we wake up, like new behaviors, new thoughts, new activities that you, you might have been thinking about, but we always get what we rehearse in life, not what we intend. So, you know, you can have great intentions. And as long as you're consciously aware and you're attentive, it's there. But because 25% of the time, statistically, people are going unconscious, which means the subconscious is running the show. And if you don't believe me, if you're out there listening, if you're driving, listening to this, just look to your right and left and see the drivers. You know, they're not there. You know, they're, you know, they're, they're on autopilot. And so the, the subconscious is doing all of those things. For instance, we now know that through the biophotaic system, which they didn't even know about 10 years ago, and when a cell divides, there's actually a 1,100 nanometer light exchange. That light exchange actually transfers the information to the next cell. So, and it broadcasts that light out into the system. So we know that through light, that's why the mitochondrial health is so important. And, and everything we do should be about improving our mitochondrial health. You know, that's why when you're eating uh, foods that are made by big pharma, those are foods that rob you. I always tell people, think of it like a bank account. I'm sure you do something similar. And, you know, you if you don't have anything in there that's going to add to the bank account, that means you're taking a withdrawal. And eventually the bank's going to call your note and it's going to be before you're due, right? So we want to make sure that we're doing those things. And so the subconscious is keeping score. Your body is keeping score all the time. It's not just doing it because it you know, some people think my body's giving out on me. I can't believe it, blah, blah, blah. No, you trained your body. And maybe we didn't know about it. I, I grew up in Battle Creek, Michigan, the cereal city. And, um, you know, that's just trash, right? I mean, th those cereals are no good. But they used to have the world's longest breakfast table. We'd celebrate it and everything. You know, there's Tony Tiger and all. You know, and it's like these things are killing people. They get up in the morning and the first thing they do is go on a glycemic nightmare. You know, the, the body's chasing that uh, sugar the rest of the day. And so the body is, but the, what the weird thing about our subconscious is, even if it's hurting us and we keep doing it, and to just put this in perspective, we all know people that live next to paper mills. At some point in your life, you probably knew somebody and you went to their house and you go, this is gross. How do you live here? That smell is so bad. And they go, what do you mean? I don't even smell it. Because yeah. our nervous system is so good at pretending things aren't there. That's why mold gets people. You know, they have this, uh, they have this anxiety, this stress. They don't know where it's coming from. So they go get an SSRI and it's a pollution in their home. You know what I mean? They, 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 the obvious is, is overlooked. So we need to really think about our body. So what happens is as, this, as our subconscious is keeping score, you know, what's going on in our life, we start to believe you know, there, there's an old story about uh, a family that when they made a pot roast, they'd always cut off two inches off each end. I don't know if you ever heard the story. And so they're making this dinner and they said, somebody finally said, why are we doing that? We, you know, my mom did it. Their grandmother did it. Their grandmother before. And, and they said, we don't know why. And then finally, one of the aunts, one of the older aunts showed up to the dinner and they started cutting off. She goes, what are you doing that for? She goes, oh, that's a family tradition. She goes, no, it's not. We only had a pan that would fit one this big. That's why we used to do it. You know, so that's kind of what happens to people with their subconscious. You know, they they start these traditions, you know, like some people have a tradition of every morning if the light's on at the donut shop, they've got to pull in and get a donut because the light's on, for God's sake, you know, you, like it doesn't stay on 24 hours or something. You know, the people and then we tell stories to ourselves about why 
we can't not do like you're saying you say let's talk about your lifestyle and what people people are now understanding more than ever is whatever's going on in your gut is going on in your brain so we don't have to take a snapshot of your brain if we know it's going if you got a leaky gut or if you've got you know problems with your gut you've got equal problems with your brain because that's a symbiotic relationship those two are in constant communication your gut actually receives, I think it's three to four times more information from the body than your brain does. So yeah. it's it's actually, the heart and the gut actually have more to do with how your body functions. This brain is more for our executive function and, you know, entertaining us and, and making sure we're in the right place and that we remember our calendars, you know, but the, the rest of the body is being taken over by these other functions. That's incredible. And so the subconscious, I, it's a Bruce Lipton who talks about how it's, it's sort of programmed until we're about age seven. So we're sort of downloading everything from our parents who may not have learned, you know, kind parenting techniques or have, you know, generational trauma that's being passed down. And, and then you're exposed to that. And so you're sort of more in a theta state during those first years of childhood. So you're just sort of absorbing that into your subconscious. Am I correct with that? And then how can we sort of start breaking those pathways with some of the techniques that you have with your with your brain tap? Yeah. Well, first of all, yeah, Bruce, um, which I'm very fortunate, he comes out to Quantum University all the time and teaches, so we get to hear him. But he, he will tell you 20% of who you are is mom and dad. 80% is environmental. But if you allow that 20% to run the show, because you go, this is my thing. And we also know, which is spooky here, that seven generations are feeding back to you right now. Your mom's 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 mom, all the way back seven generations. And they believe, this is the weird part of quantum physics. They believe that seven generations in the future are feeding back to you. So there's 14 generations. And so they've done it with uh, different plants and things to show that it has an effect you know, like Eli Lilly and things like that. They, um, when they do different experiments to show how the biological system works. So what we have to do to stop that is we literally have to become aware of it. That's why awareness is number one. You have to be aware that you're doing. It. A lot of people don't even know. Uh, as an example, let's say that somebody's eating so fast and you're eating with them and you go, hey, nobody's going to steal your food, you know, just slow down a little bit, you know, you can breathe, you know. The, uh, we used to joke, my grandpa used to, taught us how to eat because he was during the depression, so he'd have us put our arm around our food and we'd have our forks and we could poke people in the back of the hand if they were going after our food, you know, that's what he, but the, we're not in the, I mean, we should all be respectful of food, of course, but, you know, some of this training is crazy, right? And of course, yeah. my dad had to take, my dad took a week to retrain us. He said, okay, take a bite of food, put your fork down, sit, do the sit, you know, because he was trying to teach yeah, us. To eat. Your food. There were nine of us. So imagine a tribe doing that kind of craziness. And the the old the old joke was the priest came over to dinner and the lights went out and there was only one pork chop left. And when the lights came back on, there were nine forks in the back of the hand of the priest reaching for the pork chop. You know, that, that was our house. <laughs> we were always fighting over food. <laughs> you know, so... But the the reality is that, and, and I, I'm very fortunate. My dad was 400 pounds. My mother was 350. So we know how to eat, you know, the, mm -hmm. uh, and they got help. Thank God. You know, my dad got help, not only from his alcoholism, but for his weight, because we realized nutrition, that's what started us in all this, yeah. was nutrition. 
And I think the first thing you need to do is get on, because nutrition, you get hijacked. So there's the, the amygdala that gets hijacked and it can get hijacked by foods or beverages or alcohol, you know, so there's a reason they call alcohol spirits, you know, so when you, you know, you get possessed, right? You become somebody different. So when you, when you think about that, I think the first thing we need to do is in the same time, I'm not saying one over the other, but you need to cut down on your sugar. Now, if you can't cut down on sugar right now, increase your fiber, you know, figure out fiber foods, high fiber, because that's going to slow down sugar. That's really what we're talking about here. So the, the more you can slow down sugar to the system, the better your brain's going to work. I wanted to take a moment and talk to you about Radical Roots. So I founded this company when my son Remy was diagnosed with a rare genetic disorder and intractable epilepsy. As a doctor of Chinese medicine, I knew that the best way to support his complex neurological and physiological needs would be through dynamic Chinese herbal formulas. I also started studying the incredible effects of hemp and its ability to support and regulate the brain and the body. By combining targeted Chinese herbal formulas with complete spectrum hemp and using a unique alchemical spagyric extraction technique, we have created formulas that are true game changers. Honestly, I truly believe that these are some of the most powerful herbal formulas on the market. Please check out RadicalRootsHerbs.com, use the code RADREMEDY, and get 15% off your first order. I'm so, so proud of these, and I think you guys are going to love them as much as I do. Number two, you got to get up and move. You can't sit on your butt. When you're sitting all day, because we now live in a brain economy, not a farming economy. So, you know, when, when I was younger in the 70s and I was out to Iowa where my family's from and I was working out because I was getting a scholarship to college. So I didn't want to lose, you know, I didn't want to get out of shape. They're going, you're going to do what? I said, I'm going to go run. You're going to run for nothing. There's nothing chasing you. You know, it's like, I still remember that. I go, yeah, we run, you know, to, to be in shape. And they go, I got some work to do on the farm. Why don't you come out with me? We'll see if you can keep up. You know, that's a different level, right? So now we're sitting behind our computers. We're sitting around. I'm standing right now because I stand, I try to stand at least half the day, if not more. I have a stand-up desk and I have a sitting desk. And so th if we can stand more or do something like Tai Chi, breathe or yoga. Now, brain tap, the reason it works is we're going to interrupt the pattern. The only way you can change these patterns is we've got to, we've got to almost like step in. I tell people it's like watching television. I, I'm in North Carolina, so we have hurricanes, right? So you're watching a movie, all of a sudden, beep, 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 beep. We interrupt this movie to tell you there's our hurricane. Florence is off the coast. Well, immediately, if it's close enough, you're going to stop watching that movie. You're mm -hmm. going to take care of the hurricane. A lot of people don't realize they got a hurricane off their right bow and they've never done anything. You know, there's no really warning signs, right? Because we can't look inside. What happens is the body just finally gives up, you know, or gives out. And so what daily, I believe you should have some form of mental exercise and uh, whether it's brain tap or some kind of mindfulness, I love breath work. You can do a lot with breath work and it really does change the brain. You but if you're doing any physical exercise like yoga, tai chi, or lifting weights or running, whatever it is, you should always take at least five or 10 minutes to recover. Because the brain, in order to get the real benefit of the brain workout, you have to have the rest, the calm time. Yeah. And that's where brain tap really excels because your physiology has to be in the right state of mind. I think of your physiology, you know, affecting your psychology. 
it's the easiest way. It's the direct, most direct way to cause the body to calm down. That's why people, you know, like if you're so intense and something's going on, then somebody tells a joke. I still remember my brother-in-law, my, my, at my father-in-law's funeral, you know, it was one of those t- intense moments. Then he told a joke. I mean, we couldn't stop laughing because the tension was there. You know, it was not a, it wasn't yeah. a funny time, but that just, you know, those kind of things. That's what the nervous system, the nervous system is when you're stuck in a certain state or you think it's going one way, then they tell a joke. It's another, that laughter is your physiology readjusting. And that's why laughter is such good medicine. Oh, it's the best medicine. Yeah, no. Well, I, you know, as a slightly stressed mom with quite a bit on my plate, I can tell you that, I mean, even yesterday, Remy got home from school and I still had a ton of work to do and my house was a mess and he had a therapist coming and I had to cook dinner and I was like, I'm going to put on Sesame Street. I'm going to put Remy in the chair with a snack. I'm going to do a 10 minute brain tap. I'll come back. I'll be a better mom. And like, I think that that's something that especially parents need to consider sometimes is like even that 10 minute break, even if your kid's not doing exactly what you wish that they were doing, you're going to come back so much better refreshed, whether it's, you know, swing a kettlebell for five minutes, meditate for five minutes, go and brain tap, whatever it is. But, you know, what I love about your tech is that it's just it, you know, as we said, it layers so many things. And and let's start getting into some of those different layers because it it makes it, you know, I have so many friends who just have such a hard time meditating. And I think there was a research study, I think Jay Shetty has been talking about a research study that asked people to, um, they had people sit for 15 minutes by themselves or uh, give themselves an electric shock. And like 30% of women gave themselves an electric shock and like 50% of men are some absurd amount because people just couldn't sit with themselves and with their own thoughts for that sort of time. So meditation is something that you know, can take time to get used to. Um, but your device really does it for you in a lot of ways. So it's it's guided meditations, but it's so much more than that. So while we go through some of the five different texts that are incorporated in the in the headset. Sure. I think we've all been brought up, unfortunately, if you're they think if we're not doing something active, we're not doing anything. But we always when when I have the clients that would come in and I'd have to explain to them, you're not doing nothing. You're doing neurological work. There's a lot going on there. You're getting rid of excess cortisol, adrenaline, um, you know, bringing your uh, neurotransmitter levels back to normal. Uh, There's a lot going on. You're getting rid of cortisol, you know, in the system. There's a lot going on there. So the the first technology that I like to bring to people's awareness is sound because sound has been around for thousands of years. You know, we've used it beneficially. But we need a very specific sound because the brain has to identify it. Our ears are constantly evaluating our environment, listening all the time, taking in up to 25,000 pieces of information every second. But we only act on, you know, less than 40. So in, in just like I said, the experience about the living near paper mill, our brain is very good at filtering out noise. You know, like um, we could be sitting there and somebody says, I've been talking to you for five minutes. Where were you? You know, because it wasn't your first attention. So we have very specific sounds. They're called isochronic tones, binaural beats, sophigio frequencies, and noge frequencies. Now, each of these are different ways in which the brain responds. Now, we use those noge frequencies in the ear lights. And it's not a tone, but it's a light pulse. And it's actually triggering the vagus nerve. So what we want to do, and it's a very specific frequencies that Dr. Noge 
has discovered. And these these sounds are mirrored in our sessions, but the ears go through a, a every two minutes it's changing because we want to keep adapting. The nervous system, if we if we did the same thing every time, the brain would go, you know what? I know that. That's not going to harm me. I don't need to pay attention because this radicular activating system is always observing your environment and saying, hey, is that, am I safe here? Is it okay? Is there anything out of place? And so the, the sound is super important. And we know that we can do a lot with sound. It's been very well researched. Now, the next step is how do we get light to do the same thing as sound? So we started with the ear lights. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, we started with the retinal flashing. Your eyes have the most mitochondria per square inch of any other part of the body. Now, the brain has the most mitochondria. That's why it's an energy hub. You know, you gotta, we got to keep all those, uh, all those cells operating at peak performance or the brain will shut down. What we know during meditation is the minute you close your eyes, 30% of the brain goes to sleep. So that means you've just lost 30% of your computing power. That's why most people can't meditate. And if you, if you read, and I've been very fortunate to go to India so many times and with the Ames Institute, what they, what they said was the yogis invented yoga to get the body ready for meditation. What most people do in America, unfortunately, is they do their yoga, they jump up and they go, oh, well, they missed out on the yoga nidra or the cork pose, which is, they'll say is the most important because that's where you get your neuroplasticity piece. So what we did with the eye lights is the same thing that's going on with the ears. So the way a binaural works, if somebody, a lot of people know about this now, but I'll kind of reinforce it. If we wanted to get you to alpha, which is 10 hertz frequency, I would put a 300 hertz frequency in one ear and a 310 hertz frequency in the other. Your brain would not hear either of those frequencies. It would actually produce a phantom sound of 10 hertz. And that's what it would file. That would be the beat frequency. So the amazing part is you're doing this all the time. So the environment you live in isn't, you're not hearing the environment that you're in. You're hearing the difference between what's happening on your right side and what's happening on your left all the time. That's why we call it resonance. And why we go to things like an opera or an orchestra play is much different than listening to a classical guitar, for instance. You know, it's a different experience for the brain. So, so the eyes are just off a little bit. So if you're using brain tap, if you're a brain tap user out there and you go, every once in a while, it seems like the lights go out. They don't go out. When your brain's balanced, you don't see the light anymore wow. because they're just out of phase. The same thing is true. That's why you only hear the 10 hertz frequency. So your eyes do something very similar. Now, we're not, your eyes are not open, so we're not, we're not really using the same channels as vision. But we, what we're using is the retinal flashing. Of course, the, uh, the blue light, 470 nanometer blue light doesn't even reach into your eyes. It doesn't even go past your eyelids, but your brain will absorb the small amount of energy that's there uh, because we're using eight LEDs. But what, what's happening is there's a uh, cranial nerve two saying, hey, what's going on out there? Because we've even had blind people use it to get really good results as long as their cranial nerve two is working. And so yeah. the body's going, hey, what's going on? What's going on? So the brain stays awake. It basically, instead of it falling asleep, like I was talking about before, because the rods and cones will stay awake because there's still light present. We don't want you to sleep during a brain tap session, although most people don't remember what's being said. That has more to do with uh, what we call hypernesia, which happens during states of alpha and theta. It's, it's basically like anesthesia. Your, your brain is, you're basically getting high on your own supply and you don't remember things. And then, uh, so then we took the, with the ear lights and that, we're mimicking the same thing that's going on with the audio. 
So you're getting it through light and you're getting it through sound, but you're, we're mixing that message. So they're different. So the brain is trying to figure out, why is this going this way? Why is this going this way? And every one of our 2000 sessions are different, but it's like a dance. Once your brain learns the dance, it wants to do the dance. It knows how to do it. And, if, and our brain loves light, sound, and vibration. So that vibration in the ear canal is what's triggering the vagus nerve. And then what we did is there's a lot of science out there about music, what they call 10 cycle music, or uh, in research, we call it the Mozart effect. So what it means is if you play this 10 cycle music in a classroom, you don't have to teach the kids anything else, but they will be smarter. Everybody across the board will be smarter just by playing that music. Because when the brain's synchronized, basically you have more computer power because when you're under stress, one brain will shut down. But when you play this type of music, the brain learns to harmonize or has uh, just like the heart rate variability. You have that, um, it's coalescing and, and working together instead of one shutting down and overpowering it. For instance, if you were highly left brain, you might take only a logical approach to something. Or if you're highly right brain, you might take a very creative approach. When you're listening to this music, you have access to both of those hemispheres. So you can be more in what's known as a whole brain state. So I'm trained as an electrical ear acupuncture practitioner. So that's the same Noje system that you're talking about. Yes, Are that's you... where we got it from, actually. Yeah. Thought, if what, what if we could do that therapy and we can do it with light so it doesn't disrupt the, the sound of what we're doing? So we can put it in the background as, a, as an information system, but we can also, uh, it's pulsing at those frequencies. So yeah. the same way you might do with electricity, we're going to do it with pulsing light. So just like an SOS, the, the cells are always interpreting it. And so, and so that's part of it. It's amazing. Yeah, I, I love it. I mean, I find the electrical ear acupuncture to be one of the most powerful things I could do. I, I always want to bring those to some of the shows and then I forget my device all the time. I think it's under yeah, our the science officer is an acupuncturist. And oh, cool. um, he, we actually have a tool that can measure cross meridians, not just the neurocheck mm -hmm. can do it, but we have another tool that can do it. So he always likes to show people with laser to use laser to do it. And when yeah. he started doing it with laser, I um, basically said, well, we can do it through photobiomodulation. So we just yeah. filled the air with light and it's, it's all teeming with that information of the noje frequency for two minutes. Then it switches to the next one, switches to the next one. So that blood is being circulating through the body with those frequencies encoded into it. And we, we see that the meridians open up because the, the ear channels basically go out through the whole body, which, you know, you know, so yeah. you can work on the bottom of the feet, even just like you could do it. If you wanted to put a laser on the bottom of the foot to do it, or the hands or the iridology there's so our body is redundant, you know, it has redundant yeah. systems. So. Yeah. 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 We always say that the ear is a microsystem for the rest of the body and all of the nerves from the brain sort of branch to the ear. So it's particularly great place to affect brain health. What, um, what are your favorite, like, what do you like to use with the brain tap? Cause I would, I would imagine that CBD would be interesting. Obviously I'm, I nerd on CBD, but it, it is uh, neurogenesis in the hippocampus and then helps, you know, regulate brainwave activity and calm any sort of inflammation. Uh, there are a lot of other herbs that I like are coming to mind in terms of increasing blood flow to the brain. Um, but what, what are some of the things that you enjoy well, there, using with the one brain? One of the things that I recommend, especially in this day and age, there's a company called uh, Optimum Health Systems where I get a, a product called B Awake, and it's uh, multiple B vitamins, but it's mainly the, the active one is niacin. And uh, niacin is so important for mental wellness right now. 
people are getting enough of it. Uh, but some people can't handle the big doses or when they're eating it plain. You will have a niacin plus. They do sell it other ways. I believe the flush is important because uh, I always quote, There's a there was a um, research project that came out that said peanut oil was healthy. I, I, it was years ago, right? But they didn't tell you that three months after the study, all the monkeys in the study died. And the reason they died was all the oil wasn't in their bloodstream. It was in their capillaries. So that's what's happening to people today. They're clearing out, they're stripping out their arteries for these statins and things, but all the problems in their capillaries. So the niacin flush, along with the light therapy, is, mm-hmm. is what they call angiogenesis. We can build new capillaries. Yeah. And it goes throughout the whole body. That's what light does. Red light does that throughout the whole body. That's what our body does. And it does it based on the Fibonacci sequence. So the first time you use it, you get one. The next time you use it, you get one plus one. The next time you do it, you get three and then six and nine. And they just keep spiraling. And pretty soon you have these highways bringing, this is where nutrients get to the end result. That's why a lot of people, they when you do the oxygen test, they go, my aura says I got a 98. Why am I not absorbing? Because the, the aura is not even close to accurate on what you really absorb, you know. So it's basically giving us information that makes everybody feel good. They put all their scores so you just like it. You know, they're, uh, if you want to do your sleep score, don't count on aura. You need to no. get like Biostrap or something like that because they're more yeah, the Biostrap is is way better, in my opinion. I got the Aura so that I could track Remy's seizures at nighttime when he has a seizure cluster. And I remember one night he had like six or seven seizures. And I, I get up in the morning. I haven't slept at all. And I'm just like, you know, a total zombie. And I look at it and it's like, you slept beautifully through the night. And I was like, I'm, I'm out. I'm done. And then I got the Biostrap at the conference. Uh, a year, I think the Miami one. And, uh, and that one seems very much more accurate it felt very true to like how i felt when i'd wake up and i'd be like okay yeah i do feel like i got that level of sleep um yeah it is it is fascinating that's so cool niacin yeah niacin is a very interesting supplement um i had a also anything that opens up the heart right now Mm -hmm. we're finding that the pericardium and the triple eater and all those you Mm -hmm. know you know about the uh those meridians are just getting clobbered right now I mean, yeah. when I see somebody that gets, if they have the three strikes, you're out, you know, the, the heart meridian, the triple heater and, and that, if they're all low, I'll say, did you take the vaccine or did you have COVID, you yeah. know, and it seems like that's attacking the heart, you know, that's what we're seeing. And a lot of the medical people that I know are saying that they're having more, I mean, heart issues have always been there, except for during oh, yeah. uh, the pandemic, you know, the, those were replaced, but the, you know, <laughs> this is. And, it, and people are saying, I love it when they're saying these young people that are dying, it's because the uh, the refs whistle. Well, we've always had whistles. I mean, if you'd have saw the way that I went to Catholic school and our coaches were not, they did not speak uh, Christian language most of the time. You know, they were scaring the heck out of you. You know, that was what their job was. And if you're going to have a heart attack, it would have been during that time. So there's something else going on. It's just ridiculous. Just like they're, I mean, as crazy as off topic as it is, but. You know, they're saying these, uh, there's a saying that's people will believe something that they can't see more than they can believe something they do see. Like when you see the the lines in the sky and they're, tell, they're telling us now, somebody just came out with an official report, it was cow farting. 
I mean, this is ridiculous. So I think they're they're like yeah. getting together and go, how crazy can we make it and see if people believe it? You know, it's like, no, uh, if you look at a real blue sky, there's no planes crisscrossing the sky and it looks good. And then and they now know that they're they're actually blocking, they're putting aluminum up in the sky, which is oh, a good. So I love you know, I love ingesting more aluminum plane. Just yeah, yeah. raining down with the glyphosate. It'll yep, be magical. Exactly. I mean, I when I mean, you talk about glyphosate, I, I I was almost violently sick. I don't go to Walmart very much. I walk in and now because it's spring here in, in Newburn, they've had glyphosate ever. I go, that's not off the market. Didn't they just pay millions of dollars to people to prove this stuff is killing people? And it's still on the market. And then my, my wife said, no, they, they just said it wasn't good for industrial farms. So everybody's still putting it on their sidewalks and it's still getting into our rainwater. And it's, it's probably, that's, I would say that's, that's like number one. Every, anybody who created that is still has it on the market should go to jail. It's, it's oh. killing people right and left. I, um, I interviewed Stephanie Seneff, who was like one of my very dreamy dream dream guests who um who's the lead researcher for MIT on glyphosate and she's looking a lot at like the correlation between glyphosate and the dramatic increase in autism and also she's done a lot of work on the vaccines these past couple of years which are absolutely terrifying one of the things that she was discussing was how she predicts a dramatic increase in these neurodegenerative disorders um and you know one of the things that's actually that'll be an interesting topic with you is I think, uh, A, brain tap in terms of neurodegenerative disorders. But so one of the things with Remy's disorder is that the protein that is, you know, malfunctioning for him, it not only he not only doesn't make as much of it, but then it misfolds and then aggregates in the brain. So my thought is sort of if gamma frequencies that sort of 40 hertz for those listening um, can help break down amyloid plaques, would that also help? Would you assume that that would also help break down other, you know, adversely folded proteins that are aggregating in the brain? And how do you see that tying in? How do you see the brain tap tying in with um, some neurodegenerative disorders? I know you've done some research on that also. Yeah, I think that if we can bring the mitochondria back with energy, the body will take care of it because it's just a foreign invader and the body will get rid of it. it it's not supposed to be there. But what happens if we don't have the if we don't get that deep sleep so we can detox the brain will isolate it. It basically will quarantine it in the brain, and then it will make pockets in the brain that aren't working. You know, so when you—that's what foggy brain is, really. I mean, it, the toxins are just building up, and it's like having a, a a muffler that's not pushing the toxins out of your car. They're just backing up into the engine. Eventually, the engine will stuff out. In our case, it's the mitochondria. If it's not because they they there's a mythical heart at Harvard that they talk about that lived for 35 years. I don't know if you've heard the story, but they, they said that they kept a heart alive for 35 years by keeping it under full spectrum light, giving it the nutrients it needs and detoxifying it. And they believed this was a, a heart, a chicken heart, not attached to a chicken. So they, they kept it alive for 35 years. And the, the end result of the study showed that cells are not designed to age and die. It's the toxic load that causes them to age and die. If we can give them the right nutrient and we can get rid of the toxins, the cells will regenerate in, into forever, I guess. You know, they, 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 the claim is that some janitor forgot to uh, feed it on one weekend or something. You know, but, you know, I, I believe that whether that's true or not, we do know that they've done studies that show that 
if you can detox the body that there's they can measure through different scenarios that the aging process is either stopped or goes in reverse. You know, Deepak Chopra did this study where he took people uh, back to the 50s and they only had 50s automobiles, they had 50s appliances, it was in a cabin in the woods and they, they had to dress like they were in the 50s, everything about it, and they reversed their age during that time. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, I remember hearing that study, yeah. So yeah, it's Perfect Health, his book. So, I mean, people can read about that. I mean, our belief in something... In fact, there are people that believe we're in a scenario where we're we're being conditioned to believe we're supposed to age, and we're not really ourselves. Don't have to age at the rate that they are. You know, when you think about a hundred year lifespan, that's not a lot. You know, and to think that uh, I always remind people when talk about neurogenerative diseases, all the ancient traditions. I've not heard one yet that I've researched that said, you know what, we keep all the tribal knowledge with the young people. They keep it with the elders. So that must mean something happened to our, and they smoked, they drink, they partied. You know, it wasn't like they did everything right, but they they didn't do a lot of things that are going on now. I mean, obviously, they, didn't, they weren't polluted. You know, yeah. our environment is so polluted. And it just seems like, I mean, when you can buy property in the desert and exchange it for Greenland somewhere else and put a casino on it, because, you know, you have this, economy grant or what do they call it this echo grant it's like that doesn't make sense that's not the way the planet works just because you gave you you took this really bad piece of property and you exchanged it for this this oxygen producing piece of property and now you're you know like what's going on down in the amazon rainforest is just to send you know they say that's the lungs of the planet and they're they're just demoralizing it the, the planet itself will eventually get rid of us because oh, yeah. you know it's it, it. The planet is in charge, you know, and that's why I think the storms are happening and things like that. Is it everything's out of balance? It's so fascinating. It's you know that's that's what brings me back to doing this. You know, it's like um, I studied ecology and evolutionary biology for my undergraduate degree, and I look at it and I'm like, we have to look at the ecology of the world and what we're doing to it and how that's driving disease in our society and, you know, what we can do to change the tide that we're on, because seriously, this is unsustainable for future generations if we don't make some dramatic shifts and take some personal accountability in, you know, how we're spending our money, how we're living our lives and how we're, you know, helping each other and, and interacting with the world. Um so I, I love that perspective. I also think it's interesting. I feel like the longer I go on my journey, the more I'm like, this world is kind of exactly however you're going to see it. <laughs> you know, like it's like you can look at things and look at them and be like, everything's miserable. Or you can look at it and be like, look at all the beauty and possibility. So I do my best to try and look at the possibility in all of it. Um, one thing I'm also I'm going to I'm going to let you go in a minute because I know I've, I've taken up a bunch of your time and you've been so gracious with that. But I am curious. A lot of people have been uh, microdosing psilocybin. Um, I'm curious how that would work out with layering that with the brain tap. It seems like that could be a very interesting stack. That's funny that you said that because Dr. Rosenthal out of Dallas, Texas, uh, we're putting together, we, we started it before we did an psilocybin study for PTSD, but then COVID happened. And what we found out was that there are certain brainwave frequencies that uh, are generated and mostly it's it's gamma. 
So when you have this gamma frequency, then we find that you're getting all the benefits of gamma, like you're saying, breaking down, but also it's reorganizing. Think of gamma like uh, the drum, the, the bass drum of a band. You know, it's keeping people, um, you know, in rhythm. So what we found, though, was there was a group of people that did not want to take acetylcybin. Now we're back. I just have an email, actually, I haven't responded to from him because he wants to restart it. Uh, but a certain group did not want to do the psilocybin. They were afraid they were going to get addicted or whatever. And that's never happened. But, you know, that's just the way addicted people yeah. think. So what we did was we took the ones that wanted to do psilocybin. We mapped their brains while they were doing it. And uh, not the first time because it was, can be a little bit, you know, different. But once they were comfortable with it. And what we found was they were having this high gamma response. So I created the gamma series. Now we have over 60 sessions in Gamma because I keep playing with it uh, <laughs> without doing a psilocybin. But I've done it also with a psilocybin, you know, with some doctors and that. And what people have said, uh, I've now since then did DMT in a, in a research facility. And it is kind of like when you use brain tap with a psilocybin, it's like doing DMT. You get, a, you get another level because now your physiology doesn't have to catch up. Your physiology is no. in the right state. Now you're psychological state because of the food you know that you're consuming the plant then the body's having that interaction so i think it's to me uh if properly used i think it's going to revolutionize the way we think about therapy because i've seen people just in the limited time that i have and i'm not an expert at this but in the limited time i've seen people that could get no help i mean they were so badly um with the ptsd in that they could not even function and then after three or four of the doses, they were pretty much back to being normal. They could relax. They could have a conversation. Oh, yeah. They could sit in a restaurant with their back to the wall, different things like that that we were evaluating them on. So I think there's some, I mean, there's a lot of research going on now. And even though it's not totally legal in every state in America, I think eventually it will be because it's natural. It's something that the ancients have been using forever. I think, of course, some people might be using it as abusive, you know, because, yeah. but if you're using it for therapy and you're doing the therapeutic, because you need to have the integration, you know, it's like anything else. You have the time when you're, you know, there's the time you're doing it, uh, you know, and you, as long as you're not just doing it, it's like I met a, a doctor that had 200 ayahuasca trips. Now, what is going on here? I mean, he's not even, I mean, how long did it take him to do 200 trips? <laughs> I've not done one of those yet. I would love to do that if the time was right. Uh, I'm a little yeah. scared, but I guess that's natural. But the, because you read about it, I, but I think a psilocybin, you, you can choose your dose, you know, and you start off slowly. And I love microdosing it. In fact, uh, I was just, when I was just in Austin for another event for the next, the newest modern Nirvana, um, I met a guy there that has this uh, mixture of mushrooms that you kind of have in, like coffee during the day. And yeah. when I measured his brain, it was incredible. And I said, what are you doing? And he said, I do these, he says, I do these mushrooms. I said, I'm going to do those mushrooms because it was, it was, it was something that I saw that, I mean, when I, when I measure somebody that has an exceptionally great brain profile, I'm always figuring, trying to figure out, is it just, they're just naturally that way? Or was it something, because I know food has a lot to do with it. The way you, what you ingest is going to have a lot to do with it. Definitely. Yeah. No, I find psilocybin really fascinating and uh it's exciting to see what's going to come with it in colorado it was just legalized um and it'll be interesting to see how it'll be integrated into treatment clinics and potentially bastardized by, yep. by the 
finances like cannabis has. I mean, I know it's been really hard for me with like a very small uh, CBD company to go up against these big companies that have really crappy products, but a whole lot of money. And, you know, I'm like, that's not herbal medicine, but I, I digress. Well, um, we, we, we have a lot of result, really good results with people doing CBD. My wife's one of them and brain tap because we have cannabinoid receptors, the brain. And then when you're, when you're doing it at the same time as brain tap, now, again, it's just like that acetylcybin, you're in the right physiological state. You don't have to be, you don't have to wait for the body to catch up because there's going to be lag time. The physical body is going to be a lot less responsive than the psychological body or the, the mind, you know, you can, so we, we basically, if you want to have a real solution, you got to do both. So, yeah. Amazing. Okay. My very last question, just for my own interest and probably anybody else who's listening, what are your favorite brain taps and which <laughs> give me one that I haven't tried before? Cause I've tried almost all of them. I've been doing a lot of the breath work ones on there and I love those. Oh uh, yeah. We're going to have more to the, the breath masters uh, because we, we just did a deal with the, the top 12 breath masters. We're going to get some sessions from them. So uh, I uh, love those myself. I, I, every morning will do in my uh, infrared sauna. Uh, it's a pop-up sauna. At, at, the, at the office here, I do have an in-light sauna, but at home I have a pop-up. I do gamma every night. I go through the sulfugio frequencies. I mean, every morning. And then I, I will do an SMR uh, training on the in-harmony. Uh, I have an in-harmony relaxation uh, pad. And I do that every morning. And um, while I'm doing that, I do my uh, TM meditation. So that's that's what I do. Now, when I'm at the office, I always do an afternoon session. Uh, I usually do two sessions in the morning because the gamma, I, I still, as you age, you need to exercise that SMR. So I'm always doing that. one. And then yeah. uh, during the day, I like, uh, there's one that's called Busting Loose from the Money Game. It was a, yeah, a friend yeah, of I've that one. And I like that. And I also, I like doing some of the stress reduction, but I have to listen to every session because I'm encoding them. So Usually, whatever I'm encoding that week or doing, that's the ones I'm listening to at the office. So I'll encode them. I'll go listen to them, make sure that there's no uh, anomalies in them or something like that. Uh, I have the ones that I'm really excited about. I was trying to get a friend of mine, Jim Hurtek. He wrote the book Keys of Enar. And uh, he believes, and it's actually proven with uh, other people, that written in our DNA is the name of God. And there's 108 divine names. And he did the, he had this beautiful, a recording done with Stephen Helperin, and I've encoded it. I listened to that myself because I bought it, and I, and he's a friend of mine, but I haven't been able. He's been traveling. I'm trying to get him to give me permission to put it on the app because when you do it, you get like your body starts vibrating, and just like you're doing these, you know, like you would get when you're about to, you know, go on a soul travel or a mind trip or something. And uh, I've had a couple of people when they've been over the house listening to it, they love it but that's not on the app yet. So I want to do more in that area, but we also have, uh, I just talked to someone who's a specialist in even in uh, men's and women's health. They're coming on to do things for uh, sexuality and things like that. We don't have anything like that. So we're always adding things. Yeah. No, you guys have so many different ones on there. It's always funny to me to like, I, I get in like a rabbit hole some nights and I'm like, let me find a new one. <laughs> and uh, and well, now I'm- it'll tell you if you listen to one within 72 hours because we want you to, yeah, so if you can just do something different every 72 hours, you're going to get that brain training that you need. 
Okay, so yeah, it's sort of it has uh, the lingering effect for about seventy-two hours. Is sort of what you guys see. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So the brain, if you start doing it too often, the brain will learn the algorithm. It's very smart. So we we want to keep changing it up so it can't guess what you're going to do next, and so you still keep getting that training. Well, I love it. As I said, it's it's truly the biohack I use the most. I've got my hyperbaric here, my biocharger over there. I use my brain tap twice a day. I have since I got it. I got one for my boyfriend for Christmas, one of my best friends last year. I'm obsessed with it. So genuinely, I'm I'm very grateful for the tech. I'm so excited to see, you know, how you guys continue to innovate with it. And I'm really, really, really grateful for your time and expertise. Thank you so much for joining me. All right. Well, thanks for having me. We're out there to better a billion brains and you're helping us reach them. So thank you. Oh, you're going to do it. I love it. Thank you for listening to the Radical Remedy Podcast. The Radical Remedy Podcast is for general informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing or other professional health care services, including the giving of medical advice, and no doctor-slash-patient relationship is formed. The use of information on this podcast or materials linked from this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical condition they may have and should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions.